Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is musician and sometimes preacher, Robert Sullivan. Robert is with us for one night of our revival in Otwell, Indiana, and I feel so blessed for this opportunity to get to know him a little bit better. Robert and I met five short weeks ago when he showed up one night during our Rock Salt Revival in Salisbury, Indiana, and at the request of our good friend Kenny Melton, shared some beautiful pre-service music. So uh, I'm ready to get started, Robert. Brother Robert, tell us your story. Well, Tom, I'm 20 years old. I say I'm from Shoals, Indiana, but I was really born over in Champaign, Illinois. When I was three months old, that was whenever Dad made the move to Shoals to be the preacher over there. So really, I was, I guess I could say I was born in Illinois, but I, all I can remember about my life is being in Shoals. But I am the worship director now at the Shoals Christian Church. I've been there for about two, three years now. I finally got my own office, you know, cleaned, out, cleaned out a little corner in our... Um, in I guess what would be like a church secretary's office where we make the bulletins. Like I just got a little corner in the office. To right. Get to do some work, leave some of my music out and around. And Shoals is an old church building, right? Yes. Uh, as a church, we are 154 years old. Wow. But our building is about 111 years old because yeah. it we the original building sat somewhere else on the property and then it, Something happened where it was tore down. Then they rebuilt it in 1911. And it's been there ever since. Same building, same structure. It's still there. <laughs> I, I, we've been by there a few times through the years, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I knew a minister that was there before. Larry, I'll think of his name as we're going along. He he used to raise horses. Okay. Um, and but anyway, I, he moved to Tennessee, and I met him there. And that's a whole other story. So. Go ahead. 20 years old. I have to say 20 years old. You are absolutely the youngest person I have enter, ever interviewed on the RSM podcast. So congratulations. It'll well, be a while you. before I get someone younger. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's an honor to be able to work with you. I mean, like, I've known Rock Solid Ministries Tom Weaver through Facebook. I yeah. mean, like, face, that is one thing Facebook is good for. You can follow all these ministries. And I've known you, like, in passing, like, through just people bringing up your name, like like Vincent Christian Church, where we're at tonight, they are part of our Southwestern Indiana Kingdom Builders. And about every time of year around this time when you're over here, they'll announce it at a Kingdom Builders meeting. Uh, and Or we'll be over here for a meeting, and it's right after you've been there, and they talk about how great the week was with yeah. you and usually the Meltons, yeah. the Dave Melton family, and they're it, fantastic. They'll be here uh, Monday to Wednesday this yeah, week. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're just fantastic people. Dave and Krista and the kids and even Kenny and Rhonda and yep. that whole family, they're real, they're real near and dear to the Solomon family's heart. Love to be with them. And turned out this year, they're normally here the whole time. Turned yeah. out that they were scheduled somewhere else. And that turned out great for you and I. Yes. Although I, I, I hate to not have them this morning and, and tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to working with somebody new and, and, and uh, uh, maybe getting a new partner for some other revivals. Yes. Well, yeah. and, I always, and I always tell like, my dad, who's, who preaches, I mean, he's been in the ministry now for almost over 30 years. Yeah. And, like, especially 
if there's area revivals and there's people that we know like the Meltons or like if Art Bush and Steve Foster in the area, like we'll drive the distance if it's a close enough distance to go and visit one night. Not just, not just because, you know, we want to go hear revival, but we want to go visit with our friends. You know, it's kind of that iron sharpens iron mentality almost. And Art's always a great guy to, yes, who I have not had a chance to interview yet, but we haven't done a revival together in goodness i bet it's been eight or ten years so i I gotta get back with him yeah art is one of those guys that he has helped me out in my ministry so much now a lot of people don't know this but i've been doing this going into churches doing some of these concerts for like three or four years but in 2018 we were at the person to person men's clinic well i guess now it's called the spring clinic over there at restoration acres and after the afternoon session steve and art pulled me to the side and here's all like all of some of Art and Steve's old sound equipment, like Steve Foster's old speakers and mixer. Yeah. Now it was like a nineteen eighties electro voice speaker. I mean, with the right. amp built inside of it. I mean, it was it, it's something that would make you go to the chiropractor <laughs> about once a month yeah. if you're just lugging that thing around. And they would give me old cables. Art has sent me a numerous amount of tracks over the years just to kind of help me get started in my ministry. Isn't so, that great to so have I guys just, like that? It is. So I always tell people, like, you know, this ministry would not be possible without those guys, people like the Meltons, and Dave's helped me out on a lot of occasions, or J.D. Miller. I do yeah. a lot of work with J.D., like, in the studio. Like, I recorded my most recent project with J.D. back in March, and he helps me out a ton, sending me tracks, just encouragement. I got to work with him back in June. Ten years ago today, came up on my memories today. Ten years ago today, J.D. and I were in a six-church revival oh, wow. in Missouri where we had to change locations every night. And and uh, that was the last time I worked with him Yeah, and would love to again. And I'm, I'm going to get over and interview his daddy, uh, who we did revivals with in Florida yes. before he moved to Kentucky. So, yeah, great guy. Oh, yeah. Well, it was one of those things to where... I recorded with JD, and that was where we really first met each other. Like we seen each other, we emailed each other, like through tra- for tracks and everything. But I met him when we were recording. And this past June, every year in Robinson, Illinois, they have what's called the Red Hill Preaching Rally at Highland Church of Christ. And the gospel, like the gospel lads, are always there. And they asked JD to come over and help them out one night. Well, I found out that JD was going to be over there, so I got a hold and asked him what nights he was going to be over there, and he told me so. One night, me and my brother drove over. It was about a two-hour trip to um, Robinson, and I walk in the building, and J.D., you know, we shake hands, we talk, Howard, and then he just tells me, he goes, okay, he's like, to start out the service, we're going to sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus in the key of F, and then we're going to sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms in A flat. Can you do that? And, and then he just walks away. He's like, I'll let you know when we start. <laughs> and my brother turns around, looks at me, and goes, Sir, are you, are you working with... JD, you playing with JD tonight? I said, I guess so. Uh, so we just, so that's just how that happened, and it's it was a great experience to work with. I love JD. I mean, he's a great guy. Uh, I was looking. I, we're sitting up for our listeners. We're sitting actually on the stage. Uh, got a little setup here on the stage in at the Vincent Christian Church, and. We have just a little time before people start coming in and getting the supper ready for tonight. And I was watching somebody walking by while you were talking. I was thinking, are they going to walk in here? We're going to have to stop this thing. But uh, I, was, I was telling Robert before this happened, we, we have interviewed in so many different locations. 
And uh, I said if we couldn't get in the building tonight, we'd just sit in the van and do this. But uh, anyway, I'm, having these guys like J.D. and, and others, um, if, if we don't have people encourage young guys, uh, whether it's preaching or Christian music, we're not going to have this in the future. No. We're, we're not going to have this again because uh, we're losing people. We're, yes. We're, well, not... not I would have to rephrase it. We're not losing them. We're not getting them. Yes. Not getting the workers. People are going to their eternal reward, and there's no one there to yeah. almost fill that slot. To... Right. And uh, well, now, you, so you grew up as, we like to say, a PK, preacher's kid, uh, in the parsonage, so to speak, uh, and the, your whole life yes. in, in one church, which is uh, rare. Which is, yes. Yeah. That says a lot for your dad and for the church. Over there. When we got there at Shoals, the average rate of like how long a minister, and this is just the average everywhere. It's, you know, that three to four years mark. And dad always told us, he's like, whenever, because he talked about how he always moved around as a kid with grandpa. I mean, they were everywhere. And like, you could hear that on the podcast that he did with you months ago. Yep. I mean, and when he interviewed, he told the leaders, he's like, I want somewhere to where my kids can start and graduate from the same school. And we did. My older brother, Jonathan, who's 23, he graduated in 2017. I graduated during the pandemic in 2020. <laughs> and I have two little brothers, one named Isaiah, who is 12, and one named Josiah, who is 10. And, they're, and they've been blessed. They've been in the same school system, and Lord willing, they're going to stay in the same school system until they wow. graduate. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And it's a blessing to be able to say that, you know, we grew up in a Christian family, you know, to where not just our dad's a preacher, but our grandfather's a preacher. And mom's parents, they, they've planted, they planted a church over in Paris Crossings called United Christian Church many years ago. And they're, they're Christians as well. So, like, it's just nice to have that all over your family. And your grandfather, who uh, was, was, is Tony Sullivan, uh, we did a podcast, mm -hmm. and it was number, for our listeners, it's number 116, and I encourage you to go back there and, and listen to it. He talks about how blessed he was to be raised yes. in a Christian family, and it was just a really sweet podcast. It, it meant a lot to me to hear that kind of a testimony, and now here we have Tony's grandson with us, and that's, uh, that's extraordinary. That's, that's, that's wonderful. One of the coolest things, I've gotten to perform at many great venues or like open up for great people. Like I got to play for the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, at a banquet when I was a junior in high school. Or like this past summer, I wouldn't say this is cool, but this is a really interesting experience. At our county 4-H fair, they have a gospel singing. Usually it's on the free stage outside. Well, it was raining, so they put us in the goat barn. And there was goats in there while we were performing. So goats. Was, they were a little charismatic too. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, you know, that was just interesting because I told people, like, you know, never would I ever think that I would get a say. I performed in a goat barn. In a goat barn. Wow. But one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do was, is this past March, was able to work a revival with my grandfather just for a night. Just for a night. Mm. But still... Or like any time, one of the times at the Hillsborough Family Camp, I got to play the special music before he came up. And that is just really cool to oh, me. means it's, a lot. It's nostalgia almost. I mean, sure. you go from the, th the first generation to the third. I mean, it's just... 
But to, really awesome to me. Give our listeners, because our listeners are from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, every continent, except Antarctica, and I keep saying I'm going to get to those scientists one way or another, but uh, Hillsborough is, uh, there's a family camp yes. in Hillsborough, Ohio, which I've never had the opportunity to attend because I'm always on the road. And or if I've just gotten home to drive from Mississippi to Hillsboro as much as I'd like to, yes, I'm, I'm ready to catch my breath. But it, it's a wonderful gathering, yes, and uh, uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people. And your grandfather Tony is is just a tremendous revival. Well, he's a tremendous preacher, but a tremendous revival preacher. Uh, Beth and I were between revivals, and one time I think about a hundred hundred fifty miles out of our way. We went because he was doing a weekend revival in, I believe it was Eastern Tennessee, and we went that much out of our way because we'd never been in a revival with him, and we'd been at a conference one time. So we actually went just for Friday night to hear your grandfather preach, and he was not feeling well and still did a tremendous job. And uh, But to be with a grandfather, and my grandfather's reason I'm a Christian, and... Uh, to have that type of relationship, times that I had to, to preach with him at his congregation, you know, uh, just w- was tremendously powerful for me to, to be, I know I'm, we're in the presence of God every time we preach, you know, yes. and every time we, we, we do music. Uh, well, I say we, you do music, I don't do music. Uh, but every time we do that, but to be, uh, with someone who has had such a powerful influence on our life and the life of our family is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yes, it's it's amazing. It's something that you can never take for granted either. No. No. So uh, you you grew up in, um, uh, I almost said Sullivan, not Sullivan. Uh, Shoals. Shoals, in Shoals, Indiana. Uh, how old were you when you made your decision to follow Christ? I was in the fourth grade, so I was about 10, 10 years old, 10, 11 yeah. years old. And that was, it was, I think, one of the last Sundays in March. I can't remember the exact date of 2012 of that year. And I, and like, you know, it's one of those things that you always remember. And like, we, dad has a picture somewhere in his office because he baptized me and my older brother that same day. Oh. And after, you know, I came out of that water. You know, usually you hear that, oh, of course, now I belong to Jesus or victory yeah. in Jesus. Well, they sang, God will take care of you. Oh. And that was really interesting. And, like, that's always been etched in my mind. Like, the first CD I ever did, that was, like, the main song that was advertised just because of the importance that, you know, I never really thought after a baptism that'd be something that'd be played, especially now as a worship director. And yeah. usually when you're at somewhere... Where someone does get immersed into Christ, I mean those those first two songs I said are the first ones that pop in your head. Sure, and, but you know I've never heard. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, God will take care of you, it, and it's so true. And we need to hear that coming yes. up out of the water, because uh, that that's going to have to ring in our in our hearts and our minds for the rest of our lives when we're going through our struggles. Oh yes, and and uh, we're we're thinking well, and there's times as a Christian you think. You get thinking, does anybody care? And you hear that song, God will take care of you. Well, yes, God cares. If nobody else cares what I'm going through right now, God cares. Yes. And uh, so you, you were baptized when you were 10, and you were a perfect kid from that time on. No. No. <laughs> I like to say so, but everyone else that I've been around <laughs> begs to differ. Uh, 
So were you learning music before that time? Yes. So um, at a young age, I've always, my parents always told me I'd always been interested in the piano or in the organ. Like, I guess I used to play the back of the pews during Sunday morning church Mm. service. So it always fascinated me. And just like going to church on Sunday mornings and that just fascinated me. Like, here's, you know how on Sunday mornings there is this, you know, when it's time for the Lord's Supper, you usually have two two elders at each side of the table. One does. And like at Shoals, we used to do the bread first, then the cup, and then the offering. Well, one elder would do the scripture and he'd pray for the bread, and the next one would pray for the cup. Well, one son, it was, I guess this must have been a transition in months to where it was two new people at the table. And that set me off because, you know, it disrupted the order. Right. I always knew that these two people were always at the table and then these two new people come in. Yeah. So I, mom said it just distraught me. <laughs> you know, and she's like, of all the things that you could be distraught by or set you off, it's who's reading before the bread and who's praying before the cup. Yeah. But at a young age, I always been fascinated with the piano. And I guess it was about, I was about six or seven years old. My mom noticed that I would be able to pick out tunes on the piano. It wasn't very good, but like, I could pick out some tunes, and then the older I got, the more developed I got. And then they, my parents decided that, you know, they, it was already established I could kind of play by ear. And that's mostly how I play is by ear, but they decided to get me lessons. And there was a lady in Ligoti by the name of Tracy Birch, and we did lessons for about a year, a year and a half, about just how to read music. Then, like, stuff came up like her husband got really sick and passed away, so she had to start taking care of their family business. Like they owned, they owned a flower house out in Ligoti. So those lessons stopped. And then that, that just became for me for self-taught because I knew how to read notes and just different things like that. So as I got older, it's just developed and developed and developed. And even still people ask me now, are you happy with where you're at today? I'm no, I want to, you know, better myself every concert, and every chance I get, like usually if there is a concert live streamed that I do about a couple days later, I will go back and rewatch it. So tell us about the concert live stream. Uh, so you, do you do this on a, on a regular basis? Usually. So, so a lot of people find this interesting about me. I do many different things. Like I have many different hats, many different jobs, so one of my main jobs is, of course, the worship director at the Shoals Christian Church. But for the last six years, I have worked as a cook at a restaurant in Shoals called Bomax Drive-In. And it is this little mom-and-pop drive-in type restaurant. Car old-fashioned car hops. Yeah. I mean, it's been around forever. And I'm really thankful for both sets of my bosses. They changed ownership last year in... Both both of the bosses I've had over there, they're I mean, they're both like, just go do as many of these as you want. Just let us know ahead of time. We will work around your schedule. And they would be upset if I turned down going somewhere to go work over there on a Sunday night. Right. And one of the other things I do is, is I am a basketball coach over here in Indiana. Like, after I graduated from Shoals in 2020, I began as a middle school boys basketball coach, a varsity assistant with the high school and this year I started a new job at Bar Eve High School in Montgomery, Indiana. I'm the freshman basketball coach over there. You know, to be 20 years old and be the basketball coach, freshman basketball coach, that's a big deal. 
It's it, it, it's 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 a big deal in some places, but it's a huge deal in Indiana. Yes, am I, it am is. I right about that? Especially for a school like for those who aren't familiar with Bar Eve, there's a documentary out on Amazon Prime, Apple, anywhere you can get your streaming, you could buy it, and it's called Kings of Indiana. And this is this just storybook program. They've always had success. They won the one A boys basketball state title a couple years ago. So it is a and basketball in this area of the state is a huge yeah. deal. I mean, if you come through here late November through through the month of March, I mean, even here in Otwell, Indiana, where they have Pike Central High School and other schools around there, like it is, it's a huge deal here because. And I know it's a cliche statement to where it says in forty nine other states it's just basketball, but it's almost true. It's like it's like football in Texas. Yeah, go back and rent the movie Hoosiers, folks. And, and yes, and, Hoosiers. And, yeah. Hoosiers is another great movie. Yeah, to and watch. So, so you're coaching. You're doing some concerts. So uh, I do concerts about. I would say. I would say part time almost. Like I was looking. I I've done about thirty to forty dates this year so far, and this is the most I've ever done. And after this week, I'll have a preaching rally at Camp Indiana next weekend, and then I'm off for a couple weeks. And then I'm at a like a music festival in Washington. And then the month of November, I always keep open if anyone wants concerts. But I will not like go out and pursue just because you know basketball's kind of starting up. School like finals are getting ready to take place. And then once December hits, then I have a, a Christmas program that I can go travel around and do every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. And then we'll be busy with that. Coming okay. up this winter. So you can you can go and travel. You do Christmas programs at other churches, even though you're music director at Shoals. Yes. So at Shoals, it's more of a because we are a small church, so it's almost a part time deal. And I try not to be gone on Sunday mornings. So like some of the Sunday mornings I do have of the program, like I have one in Washington, Indiana, one Sunday morning in December, and they start at ten thirty, and Shoals starts at nine. So like I will go set up on Saturday night. Or sometime that beforehand, and then I'll go do my part at Shoals on Sunday morning. Because we're blessed at Shoals to have a regular piano player, and, we, and our, our regular church organist went on to her eternal award this past January. And whenever I took over, I made sure that they were still doing every Sunday morning, every time we could get a chance. Right. So we still have our church pianist. And then she would just take care of some of the rest, like the invitation hymn, the closing. But after the Lord's Supper, I would then just drive over to Washington and do the concert and then just drive home. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of time on the road. And some people yeah. ask if, I, if, if I'm crazy, and I always answer yes. But it's very rewarding. I love doing what I do. Yeah. And your age doesn't hurt at all. No. Being, being 20, you, you know... Uh, the driving doesn't get to you like it does some of those old guys, you know. No. Uh, but that's that's wonderful. And what about revivals? Have you been have you, have you been the worship leader for any revivals? Yeah, I've done a few. Um, one of my first ones was in 2018, so I was just getting started. Right. And I was a nervous wreck. It's for the small church over in Alfordsville, Indiana, Alfordsville Christian Church. So I did one then. I did one the next year. And I've done a few here and there, but usually a lot of the churches, especially around here and a lot of places where I travel at, they'll do a con like a different concert 
every night, and they'll have just someone just take like someone from their congregation take care of the singing. Right. So I've been a part of many different revivals. Like I was over in Kentucky last week, and Paris Crossing, Indiana last week, and then I did a revival last weekend at a, at a small church over in Lagodi, Indiana. So like I do a few, but a lot of the ones I just do are just concerts. Right. But I'm always open. To, I love leading music. I love doing that kind of stuff just because I really I like to incorporate a mix, a lot of the hymns and some of this newer style of worship. Right. And I just really like doing that because I believe that those two styles can go great together and they should sure. and they should go together. Yeah. Yeah, no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But so you not only put play the piano you also lead the singing yes in these right yes so and i'll usually lead from the piano and i've gotten a lot better at it over the <laughs> years i mean right now on sunday mornings because at shows on sunday mornings i will do like two or three contemporary songs just to get us started and then we'll do our opening song prayer hymn communion hymn but usually i would just lead it but with our church organist passing away months ago i now lead from the organ and that's doing many different things at once, and I'm starting to get the hang of it. So when you did that, uh, again, for our listeners, you were moving your feet and your hands. Yes. So you've got the foot pedals and everything. You're working all of that and leading singing. Yes. Ah. So early on, like I even told Dad, because usually I like to plan stuff around like what he's preaching on and you know, sure. just kind of has that. But I told him, I said, listen. I'm trying to learn this. I said, so I'm going to pick songs that I kind of have the first and last verse in the back of my head. Right. That way I can just kind of focus. And if I do need to look up, it's there. Yeah. But now it's, but now I've got, I've improved a ton on that. So it's gotten a lot better, but just lead music from the piano. It's nice, but I also use some tracks. Like speaking of just going back to art, he sent me some of his worship tracks or JD's helped me out with some tracks or I've just downloaded some that way. I do get to stand up and lead singing a couple times just because I do like, and I just like the thought of leading singing just because it feels like you're on this big stage and everyone's singing at you. I mean, it's you like you have the it. best seat in the house as, yeah. as a song leader. Right. right. If they sing. Yes, if they sing. <laughs> yeah. And we've been to some very small churches that just lift the roof when they yes. sing. And you go in and you think, I don't know. It's a small crowd, and we'll see how it's going to. And they sing and just blow me away with their singing. And a lot of times it's because they have just a really good worship leader uh, or somebody that, that maybe they're not the best, but they they put they get all them the effort into it. Yeah, they get them into it, and they have they put all their effort into it, and the church trusts them. Yes, and loves them, and they're going to sing because that guy is is. Giving it all he's got. And I'll tell you what, it's this very church building. A few years ago, we have a, we, they, this church will always host a kingdom builders meeting once a, like monthly. So like they host the October meeting every year and they host it this year too. Well, some of the times I come to these meetings and some, and usually now I'm better about, you know, I know it's not a big deal, but just like wearing blue jeans to some of these meetings or like a nicer pair of sweatpants or something yeah. to where I'll show up and they'll be like, Hey, can you play for our congregational singing? Well, that happened here one night and I just got done with basketball practice. It wasn't a very good practice. I, I wasn't in very good spirits, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? I want to go to kingdom builders. I want to go fellowship with brothers and sisters. I want to just, I believe um, one of our missions, Nicaea, TB, Paul, Rajesh Paul from Nicaea, they were going to be here. They're great friends of ours. 
And I walk in the door, and there sat Jim Oscatharp waiting on me. And he's like, hey, can you, can you play for us? And there was probably 20, 20, probably 35 people. And I was like, yeah. And I'm sitting at the piano, you know, scanning the crowd. And I'm thinking, man, you know, this, this may not, you know, the singing may not be well. Well, it was, it was some of the greatest singing I've ever heard. I mean, they lifted the roof off this place. And one of the songs we sang was Wonderful Grace of Jesus. And every oh, single part was covered. Yeah. And it just lifted, it blasted the roof off this yeah. place. When and you sing that with the parts, oh, oh you can't beat it. When you're at that hill. Uh, somebody, somebody electronic is talking to us. Yes, my watch is talking to me. All right. But when you go to a place like Hillsborough Family Camp, and there is two to 3,000 people belting off all parts to Wonderful Grace oh, of yeah. Jesus. Or they'll always sing a verse of it as well with my soul a cappella. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost like it's, it's what a glimpse of heaven is going to be like. Our land. Yes. You know, that, I mean, it is just, it's just, it's nothing that you can describe. Like, you have to be there to be able to, to see it. So you're, you're 20, you're working at the, at the church, you're uh, doing these concerts, and also some revival uh, stuff, and, uh, and you're going to college. Yes. So tell us about what you're doing in college. I'm a full-time college student at Vincennes University, which is over in Vincennes, Indiana. It's one of Indiana's first colleges. Home of Red Skelton. Yes, home of Red Skelton. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is... is that is funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> Our, my grandfather, he held a ministry over in Vincennes in the 70s at Hart Street Christian Church. That's where my dad's youngest brother, Mark, that's where he was born at. So it's really cool. Like last year for Christmas, I got grandpa a present from the Red Skelton Museum. Like they have this whole, like they have a oh, Red Skelton there. theater. Yeah. And I found like this book about Red Skelton. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this because I think it's cool just how... And how well, he was a genius. Came to be. Yes, he wasn't just a comedian. He was a genius. I, mean, I don't think people nowadays could pull off some of the stuff he pulled off. No, I mean he wrote children's books. He he led led orchestras. Yes, uh, wrote music. Uh, the the man honestly was a genius. But I'm I'm there right now. I'm a full time student. I'm a junior over there, and I'm getting a degree in special education, K twelve. And with that degree, like you'll get that K twelve certification here in the state of Indiana. You get licensed to teach anything you want. So like business, uh, social studies, science, math, English, really? PE. And what I really want to do is I want to teach PE just because I really like that relaxed feeling. I mean, like I'm sitting here right now in a track suit just because I want to be a little relaxed while I'm setting up and yeah. then I'll change <laughs> right. before we start. I didn't and, even notice. I thought it was, uh, looked, looked pretty nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and one of the reasons why I want to teach health and PE is just because you get to wear shorts and sweatpants to work every day. <laughs> and I just think that is fantastic. And one, I really, and my mom's a teacher. She's taught kindergarten for years. Dad is a Bible college professor at Louisville Bible college. My older brother's going to be a teacher. I'm going to, so it's almost like teaching is almost in our blood. And grandpa ta has taught some Bible college classes before too. Right. And, but I'm over there and it's, it's just a great blessing because I commute back and forth over there, and even the professors I have over there, they're really flexible with. If I'm at, if I am ever out on a revival, or if I have to leave class early to get to a church I'm going to that night, they're really flexible with me. Isn't that great? They're like, you go do what you want to do, because we. I'm in a class right now, and we were talking about OCD exception, you know, exceptionalities, different things like that, and she was, t and we had to talk about what what we don't like or like what'll set off a tick. 
and I said when like a car is packed done neatly and and like my trunk out there right now with all my equipment it's like a Tetris puzzle everything fits in the exact spot and my professor I didn't know this she knew that I was a traveling concert pianist doing all this stuff so after class she asked me she goes are you going somewhere that night um, tonight I go yeah and she goes she goes send me a picture of your trunk she's like because I want to see what this trunk looks like and and I sent it to her and and that next day in class she was just like man that's just awesome that you get to go around and do all this and you and you have time to go to school and she's like it's just really cool to see you know because you're when you said how your trunk is packed I thought that's because you're a musician. Mm-hmm. You know how to do it. And when we started this ministry, our first ninety thousand miles was in a Toyota Camry, <laughs> yes. and we had to. And we were still trying to learn how much clothes we had to take, which we always took too much. And plus, at that time, we still had to carry not only a projector, which I I still carry to this day because we go to some churches that don't yes. have that, but we had to carry a screen with us everywhere. Oh yeah. And and that was. Uh, and, and how we got all that in that Toyota, I, I have no idea. And uh, I remember we came across the desert from, uh, we did, had done a revival in Carson City, Nevada, and we were going to uh, Texas, to southeast Texas. And when we got there, the preacher said, that motor doesn't sound right. So we took a look at it, and a, a motor mount had just broken completely off. We and. And it had sounded like that clear across the desert. We drove across that with no place. I mean, there was nobody. And that's, that's a God thing, you know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's also a God thing when a Christian musician can pack his trunk and get everything in there. Yes. Because I've, I've seen that. Knowing Greg and Laurie Strickland, I have watched them do that uh, in an amazing way. Well, and growing up, you know, when you host these traveling song evangelists in, like, the mountains and, like, art, you know, you're usually, since you're the preacher's kid, you're there before everyone else. So you're usually volunteered to go help them load and unload their van. Right. And like I've helped, I've helped, especially Art, I've helped him load his van many times. So, you know, like, and he told me, he's like, well, you could probably squeeze this in here and yeah. different things like that. Or one, or like one of the tips. And I, and I still, you, I still take this tip to the bank. You know, he's like, get a cart to like push everything on. Yeah. He's like, just get a cart. And, and I told him back in July at Hillsboro that I bought this onstage cart. And I don't have it with me tonight just because I didn't bring a lot of equipment with me. But I told him, I was like, you know what? I said, I don't think my chiropractor thanks you for telling me about this <laughs> cart. But I thank you for telling me about this cart just yeah. because it's so much help. And, again, that just goes back to people being encouraging and helping you out right. during your ministry. But, no, um, I would – my first car was my dad's Ford Freestyle, and it had about 250,000 miles when I inherited it. It's a preacher's car. Yes, it is. Sure. And it was a great car. Yeah. I mean, the air didn't really work a whole lot, but it was do- you know it was doable. If I had to go do a concert and it was hot outside, I could just roll down the windows, right. and I'd be fine. But after that, when after I graduated, I needed something that I could drive to Vincennes back and forth, just because that's what I'd be doing in at that time we weren't doing concerts or even hardly any revivals just because the pandemic was still going on places right. were still shut down so i got this chevy malibu they got and i i, I kind of miss it now just how gas prices are and because it got 36 miles to the gallon and but i couldn't take it with me anymore. even for my concerts to where i'd be going with another group and they'd be running all the sound like it'd be hard for me to fit my keyboard just because i'd have to let down all the seats and have to go in through the trunk and 
but mom had a minivan. So we would, so I just pack up stuff in her minivan. Well, this spring, my summer schedule started filling up so much yeah, and it started filling up to the point to where I needed something of my own just because she would be driving my car and, and she got a new vehicle. She got a Ford Explorer and I, I put more miles on it than she had at the point by the end of July, just because I drove it so much to all my concerts. So I took my car and I got traded in for, for that Buick Enclave sitting out there. And that, and that's a God thing how I got that because I went in there wanting this 2017 Chevy Traverse had plenty of storage. I mean, it had 55,000 miles on it, good price, but I couldn't get the loan payment. Like mm. it'd be, a, I could only get like a four year loan and that payment would just be, you know, too high just cause like during the winter months, Bomax isn't open. So like, that's a lot of my income right there. So, you know, we were getting ready to leave and the guy who sold me the car, which I kind of knew very well and got to know him as we were doing the process, he stopped me and goes, Hey, he's like, we found something. It's that Buick Enclave sitting out there. It had a little over a hundred thousand miles, but it has great storage. I mean, it's something to where I could hang up like a dry cleaning rack in the back and hang some clothes up. And, and they even lowered the price just even a little bit for me just to make that more affordable. So I tell people everywhere I go that that Buick is a God thing. Cause right. I really think that if he wouldn't have wanted me to have it, then he would, then I wouldn't have got it. Well, when you're, when you're doing your concerts or you're visiting churches, what are, what are some of your great, would you call your greatest blessings, uh, when you're visiting a church and, and, uh, playing for them or just the whole experience of being in a different church? Cause you know, Beth and I are in different church every week. Mm -hmm. And we know what our blessings are. Uh, what are some of your blessings for being able to visit and, and, and worship with other churches and, and also do some concerts? I've gotten to know a lot of the, a lot of great people over the years of doing concerts. And even like someone would buy my CD. And this happened just a few, like about a month ago. And I get this letter, I get this letter in the mail. And, you know, usually you don't see a lot of people writing letters anymore. But I had this envelope in the mail with my name on it. So I opened it up and there was this car and there was this lady who's, who's in an assisted living right now. And, she, and, you know, she just talked about how this, how this music has helped her get through all those tough times. And then she, and then she's like, you know, next, if you get a Christmas CD, send it to this address, you know, like wow. next time you make something, send it to me. So like, it's a great blessing to see something like that, but it's also something to where just like one of the cool things that has happened is when you do concerts locally, you know, all eyes are on you when you're out in public, almost right. like I know you understand that. Sure. But I was at I was at a gas station over in Montgomery, Indiana, after practice one night, and and I'm still new to the community, so you know, not a lot of people recognize my face or the name just because I I haven't been around there for a whole lot. Well, I'm getting food at the deli, and you know, they're checking me out, and this lady goes, "Hey." And I don't even have my jacket on. She goes, hey, are you that guy that plays piano from Shoals? And I'm thinking, who, who is this lady? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, she's like, my mom was real sick back in the spring. And, and my friend gave me one of your CDs that she got at one of your concerts. And she's like, and that really helped us get through that time. And she's like, she's like and it's really cool that we get to meet you. Wow. So then, That's she, nice. yes. So I was, so, you know. So I get in the car, I'm like, man, like who would have thought that here in the middle of a gas station in the small town where I haven't really, I've never done a concert there, but I've done concerts at the surrounding areas. Right. And 
or the other day I was in the, in our, um, not our high school office, but like our superintendent's office. I had to drop off some paperwork for the school and someone goes, Oh, you're the, you're the basketball coach who plays the piano. And I'm thinking, who is? And she's like, we've heard you play and you, and you know, you're just phenomenal. Thank you for coming here and all that, all that jazz. And it's just a blessing just to be able to know that, you know, even when you're not on the road, you're still ministering to somebody. Right. Just because, I mean, your your music or like this podcast or your sermons, like they're just out there yeah. for the world to hear. Well, we come across that from time to time that people say, uh, we've listened to your CDs because uh, we give out CDs at mm-hmm. Revival. People want them. We've listened to your CDs for years. And yes. One guy told us in, in a place, he said, I've listened to them for like three years on the way to work and on the way home every day. And I think I'd get tired of me. <laughs> You know, but he said that series so impacted my life that I needed to hear it on my way to work, and I need to hear it on the way home. So he said I'd listen to one on the way to work, and I went on the way home because I had a long drive, and he'd done it for years. And in fact, he said, uh, "You got a new set, don't you?" Because <laughs> and he said, Could, and I think someone I also asked us, uh, well, they did if if we could send them uh, the same set again because they'd worn them out. Yeah, and and. Uh, that's a nice thing, you know. Being able to bless people, and uh, for the Lord, you know, it's the Lord blessing them, but but using our uh, whatever gift God has given us to bless people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's important. It is, and it, it's not important that after you and I are gone, it's not report, important that they remember us. No, it's important they remember Jesus, and and if they meet us at the gas station or somewhere. Uh, I hope that, it's always my hope that they they will say, you know, sure, you're the guy that preached over here, but that they'll say, this guy knows Jesus. This guy knows Jesus. And that's, I think that's what is important, Robert, in our lives, mm-hmm. is that people need to look at us and say, they've been with Jesus. They, 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 they know Jesus. And in your music, uh, and and you're once in a while preaching, <laughs> and uh, which you never know. God may lead you that direction no, more. You, you know. never know. Like one of like I really want to go into teaching, but the, also the nice thing about teaching is, is you know, if the world ever shuts down again, there yeah. is a job with health insurance, and there is a way. And it's, I'm also doing entering a profession that is kind of flexible enough to where I could still do Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. You know that type right. of ministry, and I could use some personal days a year to go out and do revivals. Right. And I still have the whole summer too. And you're you're in an area of the country where there are Christian churches, churches of Christ all around. Yes. And and there are so few preachers and such a great need for men in the pulpit who will who will preach the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I know the way you've been raised. I know your family. I know if you get in the pulpit, you're gonna preach the word of God. You're not gonna you're not gonna mess around with it because I think if so, I think grandpa I think grandpa would either go through the phone and Phone and tear me a new one, or he drive down down here to tell tear me. Tear me himself. a new one. I heard that, but I was thinking, yeah, you wouldn't get by with that with your grandfather. Or I wouldn't walk in the door without meeting dad first. That's right. <laughs> well, I it, it's great to to just visit with you, and yeah. I, you know, we didn't get into being raised as a PK, uh, but that's not always easy, is it? No. It has its challenges. It has it has a lot of great benefits too. Right. But it does have its challenges. But like, 
you know, you talk, I talk to a lot of different preachers' kids just around the area, and, like, we're really blessed with our area schools around here in our rural Indiana. So, like, you don't, you don't, our public schools are in a good spot. Like, there's, they're not trying to, I don't want to say brainwash, but, you know, a lot of that wokeism and cancel right. culture isn't getting into the schools yet. Well, great. So, great. and, like, one of the great things about Bar is, is, like, they have what's called Fellowship of Christian Athletes to where it's Bible student-led Bible studies every right. week. And for our basketball team, we have a Bible study every Wednesday night that's player-led. Right. And it's just cool to see that, you know, these kids are digging into God's Word after they're wanting to tear each other apart on the basketball court for two hours after a practice. Right. And they're, you know, and it's just cool to see them grow spiritually and as a team. And I'm, that's what I'm really looking forward to this year. I love the X's and O's and... And you and I have been known. I have broken a couple clipboards, or I haven't done the Bob Knight throw the chair out on the floor yet. But <laughs> but it's just really I'm looking forward to being able to sit in some of those Bible studies. Yeah, and just listen to their takes, and then and then if they ask questions, and we get to help them out and guide them through right God's word, and hopefully through that time of life too, to where after they leave our program and after they leave high school, they still remember Jesus and they remember where they came from. Some of the Finest preachers I've known have been men who have worked other jobs their entire ministry life, and some have been teachers, and that has given them that the summers to, to mm -hmm. do other ministry work, and they have served churches, uh, well, some of them churches over 100, but a lot of them churches 50 and under, mm -hmm. and they have been there for those people. They've married and buried them for years, like yep. your dad has in yes. the same church for 20 years. Uh, I guess it's tw 19 years. Yeah. Right? Well, we've been there for 20 because every March, because we moved there the, when I was three months old and I was born in December. So every March, like I'll turn 21 in December. So like that third, second Sunday in March would be like, we'd be, we would have been in Shoals for 21 years. So that's how they keep track of how long we've been <laughs> at Shoals is how old I am. Oh, okay. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, I hope to meet your dad one of these days and maybe we'll sit down I'll get a chance to sit and talk with him too. Yeah, he was going to try to come over tonight, but he's—I mean—he's just so busy right now. Like Louisville's going on. Like he's teaching—he's teaching an outreach class at Odin for Louisville, right. and like he's just really busy right now this time of year. So he sends his greetings. Well, I'm—I'm I'm looking forward to meeting him, and and uh, I've met so many uh, wonderful people by sitting down and just having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Learned so much men that I thought I knew, and then I find out that th th they were not the men that I thought they were mm -hmm. all their lives, you know, that their lives are different. And then yes. I met some who grew up like you did, uh, that began maybe preaching to cows when they were four years old, at, you know, out behind the house and things like that, uh, uh, and and began playing the back of pews when they were yes. little, little guys like you. And it's just a blessing to me to have this time with you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wind up here? Well, I, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to be on this podcast. I think it's also one of those cool things like doing a revival. Like I know my grandfather was on this podcast. So yeah. now I'm on this. So, you know, you have that third, that set first generation and third. And, you know, how you introduced yourself to me was, is, you know, I'm Tom Weaver. I'm a friend of your grandfather's. And that really relieved me because I didn't know my grandfather had any friends. <laughs> So, but really it's been a, it's been a blessing to kind of sit down and get to know you. And I'm looking forward to working with you tonight and hopefully in the future too. 
I hope so too. And you're right, your grandfather, and he does have a few friends. And I'm he, he does I'm have happy, a few. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. He is one of the funniest guys I, I've, I've ever met, and I think it's one of the reasons I enjoy him because I like to think I've got a good sense of humor. Uh, uh, not as far out as his, but I, I do think I've got a good sense of humor, and I, I enjoy him very much. But uh, and I'll, I'll say hello, Tony, because I know he's going to listen to this yes. on, when it comes out, first day it comes out, and uh, I'm. Because you're the youngest that I've had an opportunity to, to visit with in this way and interview, um, we'll give it a few years. We'll give it 10 years or so. Yeah. And if, if the Lord uh, tarries, and I yes. hope he doesn't, and you're, uh, you'll certainly still be around, and yeah. maybe I will too, uh, we'll sit down and do it again and see how things have progressed. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, a lot of guys I do this with, uh, well, there's not much more progression left in them, you know? <laughs> They're like me, you know? It's just... Just uh, moving on toward the end there. They're uh, on third for base. For graduation time. They're on third base, and the only next base to go to is home. Yeah, so. I'm going to slide in home and looking forward to that. Well, I hope that this has been a blessing to our listeners, yes. and particularly to hear that we have younger people who are serving the Lord in ministry because a lot of times I think we get discouraged and think they're not out there. And I run into a lot of them. And hopefully we'll get a chance to, to visit and interview with more of them as time goes on. But um, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. And if it has, would you, would you please share this with your friends and coworkers in Christ? And if you're listening on one of the podcast engines where you can like this and share it, do that as well. Because that will help get us out there all the more. And uh, we, we want to get as many listeners as we can because this is a time in the life uh, of the world, and certainly in the life of the United States of America, where we need some encouragement. And we need to know there are people out there that are just serving the Lord and feeling happy to be a blessing for the cause of Christ. So please do share that. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.